Hi, welcome to the StoryWorth podcast. We're glad you're here. I'm your host, Krista Baum, co-founder of StoryWorth. On this podcast, we feature true stories written by StoryWorth writers. If you're new to StoryWorth, we help people write their life stories, the big stories and the small ones. Once a week, we send our writers a question to help inspire their writing. They reply to the email with an answer or story that comes to mind. At the end of the year, we print what they've written into a beautiful keepsake book. Every story written using StoryWorth is private, but for this podcast, the writers volunteered to share their stories publicly with you. When you were a kid, did you like big storms or did they scare you? Today, Laura Hodge recounts her childhood in Louisiana during a hurricane season. And we'll chat with Laura after actor Caroline Thrasher reads the story, Laura, have you ever lived through a hurricane? When I was a little girl, there were few things more exciting than word that a hurricane was headed our way. Baton Rouge was only 49 miles from the Gulf Coast, and it seemed like there were storms every year, especially during the 1960s. Actually, there were only about three hurricanes I experienced that were direct hits to Baton Rouge. Much of what I remember was preparing for expected hurricanes that veered elsewhere and listening to adults share stories of ones that struck before I was born. Hurricane Audrey hit Baton Rouge in 1957 as a Category 3 storm, meaning the sustained winds were 125 miles per hour or more. Until then, it was one of the largest hurricanes to hit Louisiana, as well as one of the earliest to form in the season. Reportedly, 500 people died in Hurricane Audrey, primarily from the storm surge. It's likely I heard my parents still talking about it when I was seven years old and Hurricane Betsy barreled into Baton Rouge. So you might wonder what on earth would make someone delighted to hear a huge storm was bearing down on them? I guess the answer depends on whom you ask. So here's what I remember about hurricanes from my childhood. Most hurricanes develop in the fall, and there's something else that starts in the fall too. School. Any hurricane worth its salt always knocks out the power for multiple days, preferably Monday through Friday. Since we were so near the coast, forecasters started watching storms swirling their way across the ocean from as far away as off the coast of Africa. By the time they entered the Gulf, everyone was glued to the television set and had been jabbering about them for days. I remember riding my bicycle on Cleo Street, straining against the wind, hoping each hurricane would hit us directly. I could even swear the animals were excited when a hurricane approached. Actually, now that I'm older, I've read that's true. They sense a drop in barometric pressure and become very agitated. (laughs) Anyway. When Hurricane Betsy struck Baton Rouge, the power went out. Oh joy, school was out for several days. Mom couldn't make dinner, so we cooked hot dogs outside on a tiny grill where our car was usually parked. The family chihuahua looking on in anticipation. These hot dogs never grew old even after three or four days. We took our baths by candlelight, thinking about vampires, and watched the power lines outside snap and explode, showering sparks into the darkness. Once, we all cowered under the dining room table as gusts of winds whipped a towering oak tree across the street like a pinata. I remember my mother shrieking that time. What's peculiar about hurricanes is that there's something called an eye in the middle of the storm. It's the center of the storm around which all the winds are rotating. During this strange phenomenon, suddenly a stillness ensues, and everything is peaceful. Sometimes the eye of the storm would pass right over our house, and we would scurry out to look at the yard, maybe snatching an item or two that might later slam into the plate glass picture window in our living room. 
Once storms ended, we pleaded to go outside and marvel at the damage, but down power lines often made it impossible. As soon as we could, we hopped back on our bicycles looking for the deepest standing water through which to ride. How did we not contract some awful disease or at least slice open a foot? Now there was one hurricane that I am very thankful failed to strike Baton Rouge. I was 11 years old in 1969 when the second most intense storm ever to hit the United States made landfall a little over 100 miles away in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi. It was a Category 5 storm, meaning the sustained winds were over 157 miles per hour. But no one knows exactly how high the winds were because the storm blew all the recording instruments away. I remember anticipation turning to fear as word of the approaching storm's intensity spread. After news of Hurricane Camille's devastation, I never hoped for another hurricane again. Nevertheless, I still have fond memories of the few hurricanes I experienced. Welcome to the podcast. Why don't you introduce yourself? I'm Laura, Laura Hodge. (laughs) And where are you, Laura? I'm in Dallas, Texas right now. Oh, Dallas. I hear great things about that town. I hear it's really fun. (laughs) It is. Yeah. Laura, how did you get started with StoryWorth? Uh, my daughter-in-law knew that I liked to write. I'm an English major, and she bought me it for Christmas. Oh, have you finished your book? Oh, no. I, I went ahead and uh, rescheduled again for another year of it. Yay! Volume two. Mm-hmm. I love it. It affords me a great opportunity to get to know her because when she sends me a question, it's like we're getting to know each other. We've heard that a lot with in-laws, especially, because you just yeah. don't have the same length of history that you did with your own parents. But I'm glad that's working for you guys. That makes me really happy. Why don't you paint a picture of what it was like for you growing up in Louisiana? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's I guess uh, the 1960s is the period I remember the most. And what was so cool about it is everybody was always outside. There weren't any parents supervising. And we had so much fun. Every nobody's yard was off limits. And we just we just had adventures every day. We also had some neighbors with a covered porch and they had these metal little miniature appliances on it. Mm-hmm. So we would put the dogs in the oven and on the stove and we'd <laughs> have bikes and we'd go pull leaves off the tree and pretend we were at the bank and <laughs> we, had, we had loads of fun. Oh, that sounds like the kind of fun I want my kids to have. It reminds oh, yeah. me of my neighborhood too. And you mentioned in your story that you were thinking about vampires during the hurricanes. What was that about? Uh, I think that was from coming home after school, sitting down in front of the TV with a big bowl of ice cream and and watching uh, Count Macabre. It was kind of like the Twilight Zone. Were there a, was there a lot of spooky folklore in Louisiana? Well, there is that influence from so many people coming from Caribbean and all, but mm-hmm. yeah, um, I'm not really into that. You go to New Orleans and you go to certain areas of the city, yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but not your neighborhood. Got it. Yeah. Do you remember something you did during the storm with your siblings and your parents to pass the time? We were mainly underneath the kitchen table because mm-hmm. if a tree fell and lands on your roof, that's about the safest place where you can be. Mm-hmm. So I just remember the house being dark and all the noise and being underneath the table. So storms are always a lot of fun, but afterwards, What was the cleanup like? 
I don't really remember doing much cleanup other than picking up limbs and raking the yard. As soon as we could go outside, that's where we wanted to be because we wanted to go look at all the damage. And it was just fun riding your bike through the mud puddles and, you know, and even just staying at home because you're doing things that you wouldn't normally be doing. You're all there yeah. as a family. And, um, it's an event. Of- yeah, it is. Yeah. It really is. When it's over, it's kind of sad. <laughs> oh. Do you think that that was just your natural kind of interest in storms and the excitement and the mood of it? Or do you think your parents really shielded you from maybe the seriousness of it? Well, I doubt that they told me more than I need to know. But when you are there in the middle of it in a smaller house with a big plate glass window, I mean, we were told to stay away from the windows and all, but... um. It would be impossible not to know how dangerous it is because you mm-hmm. can hear it mm-hmm. and the length of it, too. I mean, this goes on for hours when, when you have one, a big one. And so it's it's impossible to shield your kids from knowing, you know, that there's danger. Yeah. You mentioned going outside during the eye of the storm. How long does that last? Because you had enough time to go outside and do another pass at damage control. What did you do and how did you know it was safe to go? The eye of the storm, uh, the length of that time is going to depend on the size of the storm Mm -hmm. and how fast it's moving. And I doubt seriously that my parents let me go out because there would be power lines down. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we may have gone to the door and watched them because of the power lines and that sort of thing. You really don't want to go out. But obviously, if you didn't prepare well or something big has blown up into the yard that can then start blowing again, you want to go grab it. I was in a hurricane once. We were like early 20s. Uh, so I was visiting a girlfriend and she but she was lived in a house with other girls and everybody was just starting work after graduating from college. So jobs without a ton of responsibility. So missing work because of power outages seemed like it's kind of a nice vacation. And we had plenty of time to prepare. So we went to the store and we got lots of food and it was a bit like a party and a mood. So the power went yeah. out and then we lit candles and we were still just hanging out. And then we just went to bed. And in the morning, power was on. Nobody was responsible for any damage to the house, right? Yeah. Everybody was renting. Yeah. And reading your story, it kind of reminded me of that, where you could just be there for the experience, just kind of the <laughs> mood of it, right? You're all, not... we, all we were glad about is that we didn't have to go to school. Do you still love a good storm? Not so much now, because in Texas, a big storm is a tornado, which does not give warning usually. And um, in Dallas, we always felt like we we're kind of tornado proof here. They seem to get divert. But about two years ago, we had one go right through Dallas and do major, major damage. Very, very bad. Yeah. (laughs) How did you move from Louisiana to Dallas? I worked for Honeywell and they got me a job transfer. Back then I was selling service contracts for computers. Do you enjoy Dallas? Is this home now? Oh, definitely. This is home. I've lived here longer than Louisiana. I am curious about your daughter-in-law. What have you learned about your daughter-in-law during this process? (laughs) It's given me a great avenue where I can talk to her about things and I don't feel like, um, I feel like she asked me for it. She's the one that sends me my questions. It's a great way to talk about things and get to know each other better. Is your son in England with her now or did she move to the States? They they were both in school in Austria. They got engaged there and she's now immigrated here and they live not far from me. In fact, I became a grandmother last week. Congratulations. Oh my gosh. So tell me, baby girl, baby boy. A little boy named Eli. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, congratulations. Mm-hmm. There is nothing like baby love. Oh yeah. my goodness. And, and there's nothing like being able to say, I'll see you later. <laughs> oh, right. Speaking as somebody who's had a few kids and remembers that like just exhaustion so well now. It's so it's nice to have family close by. Ever. It's the hardest thing ever when, when you're that young and all. You're so afraid they're going to break. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was but, one of my stories too. <laughs> yeah. Talked to her. I talked with her about um, motherhood and I really, I really liked that because there were things I wanted to tell her, but I didn't want to unless I was asked. I love writing stories. You know what? It's very apparent when you read them. So thank you for volunteering Uh the story with us and Uh sharing a little bit about your life and your background and your childhood. It's really just been a delightful chat. Thanks for making time for us today. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for joining us today. If you want to get started writing your own book of life stories or want to give the gift of StoryWorth to a loved one, head over to StoryWorth.com. We'll be back in two weeks with another fun story from one of our writers. In the meantime, if you want one of your stories to be considered for the podcast, head to storyworth.com slash podcast. StoryWorth is a production of Evergreen Podcasts, hosted by me, Krista Baum, and produced by Aaron Lan. We get production help from Wendy Sabrozo, and our mix engineer is Zach Hurst. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time.